When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist, and of course, generally, most podcasting applications, the RSS feed just kind of seems to find its way there, hopefully, but those are kind of the big four that I know about, per se. Well, getting back to talking about the Minnesota Wild, we're going to kind of get caught up a bit, of course, not game-by-game super analysis, but just kind of catching up with the team in general until we can get to regular shows, which will probably be around Thanksgiving Day, but even that'll probably be a catch-up depending on the weather and God knows what's going to happen, but at this moment, the Minnesota Wild 6-10 and 10 on the season. Or should I say 6-10-1? Yeah, we got a overtime loss in there, so we, we we got the point, you know. We get the point, man. We we Yeah, we got a point. But we're in dead last at the moment in the, uh, yep, in the Central Division. Three points behind the Chicago Blackhawks and 14 points behind the team I did pick to win the division because I figured they'd be riding high. Well, we got a game in hand versus them, so does the second-place Colorado Avalanche and, and Nashville Predators, blah, blah, blah. But St. Louis Blues, not superly surprising, leading the division. I mean, you win a Stanley Cup, and they're riding high. I think uh, they're very much in cup contention again. Minnesota Wild goaltender uh, goal situation very much in flux because, well, Devin Dubnik clearly has lost a step or two, and I wouldn't be surprised if a change of scenery would probably help him significantly, like getting traded to a Toronto, a Calgary, God knows, something like that. So that's kind of the direction as we're moving forward. Uh, Michael Russo wrote a nice article just recently about uh, talking with Bill Guerin and his strategy going forward. And at this moment, I mean, he's just still kind of waiting in the weeds, so to speak. And, of course, he's going to visit the uh, one of the top prospects in hockey. And, of course, according to the forecaster, not the markets, the forecaster, but this uh, hockey forecaster magazine, they have, again, Kirill Kaberzov ranked as the number one prospect, at least in fantasy terms. So that's pretty amazing in, in the National Hockey League. So in terms of prospects and all that. So we're kind of going to be looking at the team in general. And, of course, the second segment will be more of looking at the, the prospects, more so than just schedule, looking around the NHL a teeny tiny bit and how things are going. Minnesota right now, say if things went exactly, the ping pong balls went exactly the way they should go, like which never happens. Minnesota Wild would actually pick second in the draft. And talk is that they're at least five 
studs in the draft. We all know how that can go. It can go anyway. Drafts go the way they go. You just don't know maybe for another two, three years after the draft, after the cause, how things go. What I can't believe is how Matt Dumba only scored his second goal of the season, believe it or not, against the Arizona Coyotes, the most recent victory for Minnesota, which was really nice. A nice comeback victory against a team the Wild never beat. And in a city, the Wild almost never win. And against a goaltender that has, well, he struggled here and has done very well since he left. Was decent with Los Angeles. A team he was always good against when he was with the Wild, of course. Debuted against them years ago, did Darcy Kemper, and has done fantastically in Arizona. Looked on as one of the top goalies in the National Hockey League. Good for him. Dubnik has struggled mildly, but he did pretty well against Arizona, though still giving up three goals is giving up three goals. Save percentage, boy, I mean, 887 Stay luck, not so much better, just 90.3, so to speak, or you get the idea, Point nine oh three Goals against average, 2.85. In Stalock's case, he's 500, 3-3. Three three. He's been the better goalie so far, and again, I'm talking about trading Devin Dubnik for a reason. Uh, his contract is up at the end of the season, uh, at the end of next season, pardon me. I'm <laughs> at the end of next season, Stalock's got one more year beyond that, and I think Stalock's a nice fixture for this team, not to be a starter, but to be maybe a platoon guy with a young player in uh, times ahead. Clearly, things are changing quickly here with Dubnik. Not necessarily like he sucks and he's the worst goalie ever, but that you can't have him as this 60-game starter anymore. That That's ridiculous. I mean, those days are gone in the National Hockey League in a lot of ways. you got to have a good, solid backup. And it might it's getting closer and closer to becoming a platoon with uh, Stalock and Dubnik. It's becoming that way. Uh, Stalock has gotten into nine games, though he's only started seven. Doobie has started ten, so it's getting closer. It's getting a lot closer. And, of course, Dubnik missed some time with injury as well. But, well, injuries taking their toll. I mean, look at Jonathan Quick with the Los Angeles Kings. Oof. I mean, he's going to need a change of scenery or to retire one or the other. He has completely fallen off the map, as most people would notice. A lot of players on Minnesota, of course, started out the season really slow. Some of them started out hot and then slowed down. It's like back and forth. Uh, Brad Hunt has 10 points on the season. He's on his way to a career year in a big way. Already five goals on the season. Brad Hunt, power play specialist who's been fantastic. Gotta love what Brad Hunt brings. And again, when you had the smile from Nate Prosser, the smile and the great guy in the locker room, he was instantly replaced when he left with Brad Hunt. So that's the good part. Brad Hunt's not local in terms of where he's originally from, but he did play for Bemidji State, so Minnesota ties at the end of the day. Unfortunately, not a young guy, so he might end up being a trade bait player, a trading chip in the future uh, during the course of the season because who wouldn't want Brad Hunt on their team if you're going to make a playoff run? Maybe the Vegas Golden Knights, which is where we originally got him from, uh, for a seventh-round swap. So not every trade Paul Fenton made was terrible, just almost almost all of them. <laughs> the Brad Hunt trade was pretty good. It's just a stupid idiot movie made after that when... Potato was the kind of guy, I mean, you made you when you acquired him, you could not send him to the AHL. He's stuck on the NHL roster. So that screwed up everything the rest of the season. That was the rule. When you acquire a player off of waivers, you can't send him down to the AHL. And that was one of the stupidest decisions ever by uh, Paul Fenton. That's why a lot of people look at that as like, what were you thinking? It's not just the fact that he acquired a player that wasn't that good. It's just the fact you're stuck with that player and too bad. Guess what? He's on the roster. T.S., you know, that type of situation. So that's where the frustration came in. Crazy, tough, difficult rule that uh, screwed up the Wild last season. Paul Fenton, not so good there at all. Uh, Eric Stahl, massive rebound since uh, the last show when I gave him the <laughs> James Shepard Memorial. 
He's about as close as you're going to get to the Mike Badano Award, at least since the last episode. I mean, 14 points in 17 games. He's been absolutely fantastic after an invisible start. He had like, what, one assist in seven games or something to start out the season. He's been outstanding, as they would say in Canada, though minus nine is pretty much every player on the wild is minus something. Dumba's a minus 14. I don't think he's off to a good start. In fact, I, I, I really don't. He's had some not-so-good shifts. Again, only two goals in the season. He's been putting the puck on net, but just nothing's happening. Only seven points total on the season for Matt Dumba. Kevin Fiala was completely invisible, and he was scratched a number of games. He's missed five games during the season. Banged up a little bit, but also scratched at least three times during the course of this year. But he's been on a little hot streak lately, and he actually got Player of the Week on uh, Minnesota Wild Prospects. So pretty cool. MNW Prospects love that Facebook page, and I'm an admin for it, mostly because of the show at this point, because I just don't have time to keep up, but occasionally I'll jump in and edit and throw in some stories as well. Gotta love uh, Pavel Burnett, Justin Back, and the new guy we just got. I'll get to look him up in a minute. Just brand new guy. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name at this moment. Ryan Herman had a nice little start to the year. He's certainly quieted, but he's still a factor, and he's been a you know, he gets he mixes it up and such. Donato finally scored his first goal of the season the other day. God, Oof, 15 games. He's been scratched twice this year. <sighs> wow, only three points for Donato in 15 games. Whew. Ryan Donato has vanished off the face of the earth. Gerald Mayhew was called up and was very, very good. Got a couple goals. He did make one mistake, but generally speaking, he was called up right about when I did the last episode of Brave the Wild. And he's been since sent back down to the AHL and has been just unbelievable down there. He's literally like the best player by far on that team. And I would say he's an AHL all-star without a doubt. He needs to be in the NHL because he's going to be productive at every level at this stage. Not a star player, but a productive third-line, fourth-line type of guy who can score goals and do a lot of the, the dirty work as well. Been uh, very pleased with uh, Gerald Mayhew, and it's a crying shame that he's up, uh, that he's down in the, the AHL still. It's extremely frustrating, actually, I can feel for him. Parisi's had an extremely snake-bit, frustrating season so far. It's kind of like Zach Parisi the last three years before you know, like when the back injury was going on, you know, before he had that really nice renaissance late two years ago, uh, or a year and a half ago, and then all last season, nice solid year, though he slowed down about two-thirds into the season last year a little bit, and he's just not the same guy so far. It's it's a bummer. Suter, uh, nine points in the 17 games he's played so far, but he's got a pretty good uh, plus-minus or the minus five. One thing with Kevin Fiala as well, you know, he's a minus one. Uh, again, only in 12 games this, thus far. He did get hurt and, of course, has been scratched a few games. Minus one, so that's actually pretty impressive. Uh, Greenway, Felino, and Euler Tanek are all mi- uh, not minuses. And Koivu. Koivu's even. Brad Hunt is a plus two. Wow, because, again, very productive on the power play. Um, so certain players on this roster are not minuses. Uh, Carson Susie's a plus five. Wow, he's been very solid out there, though he's missed the last few games. Unfortunately, giving poor Nick Steeler a chance. He's only gotten in three games this year. Oof, uh, four games, pardon me, so far for a Nick Steeler. That's been a frustration. Uh, Victor Rask came back, was was productive, and then he got hurt, and now he's been back, and he's been in eight games so far this year. Nothing uber exciting about Victor Rask, but productive and skating better than a lot of people thought at the end of the day. Cunning, productive, but a minus eight. He's just, he's productive to a point. I mean, he's well, he's about, about right up there with Zach Parisi so far this year. But he looks a little better doing it, I guess, because you're not expecting him to score 30 goals. 
I don't know. There's just nobody on this roster that gets you excited right now at the end of the day. Uh, you know, Brad Hunt gets you excited in terms of, my God, he's productive. And Jason Zucker quietly has 11 points, but he's the kind of guy, he, he'll be good and then he'll not be good. Just poor defense, poor turnovers, this and that. There's a frustrating side to Jason Zucker, and a lot of people aren't too uh, pissed off when you mention the thought of trading him, or others might get all defensive. Why would you do that? He's the fastest guy on the team, and he he's a goal scorer, and is he a goal scorer, though, or is he just a streaky player who gets hot sometimes and then cools off for like a month? You know, I mean, I don't know. The most consistent player on the roster is probably Eat Stall, and it's kind of weird saying that after the horrible start, but uh, at the same time, his defense is yuck. His, his his defense is almost non-existent as well, and again, that's why losing Koivu last year was so brutal and why the Wild completely down-spiraled after that. Uh, Zuccarello, after extremely slow, slow start, part of me, has picked it up a little bit as well. He's got seven points, three goals so far in the 13 games, and after he missed three, he was not scratched. He was hurt, so he missed four games. I keep getting the number wrong. Uh, Felino's been out, unfortunately, just recently. Very productive start to the season. Been pleased. He's a plus two, like I said earlier, and Greenway's even a plus two, despite the fact he's been extremely unproductive. And quite disappointing, honestly. He, he's, he's got that playmaking ability. He can flip the puck around to players and create for them. But you just don't see the goal scorer in uh, Jordan Greenway, though you're seeing a little more aggressive physical play, finally. It took a little while. It took all last year and into this year. 17 games into this year, and you're finally seeing a little bit of physical play out of Jordan Greenway, and hopefully he can become that power forward we need. But again, there's not a single player in this roster that just tells you, wow, there you go. This guy is going to be a big, big, big part of the future of this team. I mean, Eric Stahl's ancient. He's productive. He'll be a nice trade ship, possibly. Jason Zucker could be a nice trade ship. Brad Hunt could be a nice trade ship. Jared Spurgeon signed for seven years, and we're very happy to have him. And he's probably the future captain when Quavo retires or traded or whatever. Suter, well, he's stuck for six more years, and he's not any better than he was last year. I mean, well, slightly. He's slightly better than last year. Slightly. Slightly more coherent, of course, with that weird injury he had late two years ago, year and a half ago. Dumba's not as good as he was last year. Um, he's not. It's plain as day he's not. Uh, he's still got the rocket shot, but it's just not happening. Koivu's ancient, and he might be a trade ship. Zuccarillo, you really can't really trade him. You're stuck with him for five years. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yep. Cunning, well, okay, you know, Fiala, who knows? That's kind of like, you know what Fiala is? He's almost like a lottery ticket. Almost. Maybe like a scratch-off. I don't know. Maybe you might win $10,000 on this little $5 scratch-off, or maybe you're not going to get anything. I, I don't know. That That's kind of what Fiala is. He's kind of, well, maybe he's a little better than that, but you're seeing the skill, you're seeing the production out of Fiala lately, but it took forever, and I don't know. You had to scratch him a few games to get there. Come on, man. He's supposed to be better than that. So, I, I don't know. It's all about the future, man. It, it really is. It's really about the future when it comes to the Minnesota Wild. And thus far, again, Bill Guerin is doing about what Paul Fenton was last year. Just kind of making sure, evaluating this and that before he starts making moves. He's saying that opportunity has not arisen yet uh, to make the team better. That's pretty much what Paul Fenton was saying last year. Obviously, two completely different guys. I don't imagine Bill Guerin picking up a Anthony Botetto type of guy off of waivers. who was just not necessary for this roster to come and mess things up. Oh, Steeler's not been the same since then. It's kind of sad, but it also makes you wonder about Steeler. Like, I, I don't know, eventually you got to suck it up and, like, outperform the other player. So there is no conversation. Like, Potato had no business playing instead of Nick Steeler. 
he had no business playing instead of Nick Steeler. It should have been a no-brainer. So sometimes you got to suck it up and say, you know what, man? God bless you. You might be the nicest guy ever, but I'm better. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. Same with Carson Susie. That's another reason why Steeler hasn't been playing because Susie's the other left shot, third, you know, pairing guy. And it kind of is what it is. And you're not going to sit down Brad Hunt. He's about as valuable as they get. So, which is the weirdest thing ever, considering what he was considered just a year ago, like a seventh defenseman. What a nice player Brad Hunt is. And he's been playing on his, his, his offside pretty much forever, which is typical of Minnesota Wild players. Everybody plays in their freaking offside. Everybody, everybody. I mean, Zuccarello naturally does. He's the only natural one. Otherwise, half of our right shot right wingers, well, not right shot, half of our right wingers are left shot players, are left shot wingers, which is ridiculous. Suter, Fiala, or Suter, excuse me, Parisi, Fiala have played on the right side. Felino's been on the left and the Greenway. Those guys are all always on the left. Hartman's a natural right, but he's a fourth liner, third, fourth liner, even though he was a first round pick for the Chicago Blackhawks not too long ago. May, he was a natural right shot and He's in the AHL because he's in the AHL, I guess. I mean, because there's too many bleeping veterans that we're afraid to scratch, I guess. And again, other ones are signed for long-term deals that you're stuck with, and he's here for a reason, and that would be Matt Zuccarillo. He's here because we signed him for a while, and he's got a no-move clause. And <sighs> Yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Is that kind of the theme of this episode, it is what it is? Or is it time to look to the future? Again, that's basically what Bill Guerin is saying. He's still evaluating and waiting for the opportunity to arise, and he will make a move. I don't see him being the type of guy that shoots from the hip. I think he's more analytical. I think he's been... Well, I mean, both of them played in the National Hockey League. Bill Guerin played more recently. Both of the uh, general managers, in terms of Fenton versus Guerin, were the the number two guy, the right-hand man in the organizations they were in for an extended period of time. They were involved in trades, free agency and the draft and all that, uh, especially trades and free agency with uh, Garen Trades, big time. Uh, I don't imagine him shooting from the hip and making some kind of radical, crazy move, and that's the good thing. But it's just, when is it going to happen? I guess that's kind of where we stand at this moment. Looking at the schedule again, the Minnesota Wilds struggled with St. Louis. Nice victory over Anaheim. That was probably the best win of the year, ultimately. I mean, winning in Arizona was pretty impressive, too. So a couple of road wins. And, of course, yes, you can come back and complain about the crazy, crappy schedule the Wild have had. I mean, was it 13 of 17 on the road? That's pretty harsh. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, You know, I mean... I understand. I I truly understand that is not something that you want. Obviously, it's been absolutely brutal. And there's a big reason why the Minnesota Wild are struggling. Hard to believe the Vegas Golden Knights would actually not be in the postseason right now. Or they're tied with Vancouver. What's Vancouver doing there? But, yeah, I I don't trust the Vancouver Canucks winning any type of a playoff, uh, getting in any type of a playoff situation. I don't think they're good enough. Florida, I'm not too surprised because, well, think of who's their coach. Who's the Florida coach? Joel Quinville. And they got Bobrowski for 9 million years, too. But, I don't know. Why am I getting there? That's for the second segment, I suppose. Um, it was a nice win over Anaheim. who's was actually playing fairly well. And you got to see the 1,000th game for Ryan Getzlaff. So, good for him. Good for Ryan Getzlaff. 1,000 games. God bless him. He's been awesome. Uh, nice to see Yul Eriksson-Eck. Again, picking up the numbers the other night. A couple of assists. So, good for him. Cunning's been in and out. Uh, Zuccarillo, two points. Goal and assist. So, Good for good for those guys, but generally speaking, it's been a hell of a run. Uh, getting down 4 nothing to San Jose on the 7th, 
last Thursday was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, and then you have your cute little furious rally, but it didn't matter. You end up losing six to five anyway, but at least you got a productive game from guys like Stahl who had three points. Stahl was awesome in the game. Zucker got his fifth goal. Blah, blah, blah. Cunning had a couple points, which is really encouraging. So, again, and that's after a two-point game, he's got six points in the season. Ugh. So, ugh. That's kind of sad. That's kind of sad. I mean, Cunning had been so freaking quiet. And, again, Donato got his first goal, which really got the Wild moving against the Sharks. Got us all excited. I mean, the Sharks are off to an awful start, too. That's what happens. I mean, you're getting old. They're kind of like us. I would say the Sharks are better than the Wild, but they're getting old. Their goalie's not real good. About four or five years ago, Martin Jones was a guy I liked. But now he just stinks. Uh, Thomas Hurdle had a three-point game, which is nice. But generally speaking, the Sharks, they're just kind of... It's a weird mix. Uh, Pawlowski's gone. Pawlowski's gone. Thornton's older than me. Yeah, he's older than me. And that's really old because I'm 40. He's older than me. He's uh, Matt Cullen of the NHL now. Um, Eric Carlson's obviously uh, one of those great defensemen. Brent Burns is probably the best in the league. And then the pickle man, Vlasic, yeah, he's he's decent. He was a plus three in the game. Wow. Without scoring a point in the game. Good for him. The pickle man, Vlasic. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even getting into that. But it was a fun comeback. But going down 4 nothing's pretty depressing. I mean, you come home from work, getting caught up with the game, and it's 4 nothing already. Like, you're coming home, listening to it, watching it, blah, 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 on the phone before you could flip on the TV, and you're down 4 nothing, And it's just like, okay. I mean, so th- this kind of been the case with the Wild this year. You're down 2 nothing. You're down 3 nothing. You're down 4 nothing. You go down 2 nothing versus the Ducks. You make the nice comeback and win the game. That was freaking awesome. But, I mean, you can't rely on that all the time. Because if you do, you, yeah, you're just not going to win a whole lot of games. Going down 2 nothing to Anaheim on the road is not a good thing. I'm stunned that the Wild won that game. That was actually a, just extremely impressive win. Honest to God. Considering the Wild have struggled against Anaheim uh, ever since the first season that... Uh, Boudreau was the coach. Uh, he was good against them the first year, first couple of games, and then ever since then, it's, Ducks have owned the Wild. Uh, Arizona's owned the Wild for a long time. We went down 2 nothing to them and then had a quote-unquote furious rally and ended up winning the game 4-3, to which felt damn good. But that was after going down 3 nothing as well. After Vinny Hinostra scored his second goal of the season with Oliver ekman Larson. O-E-L. O-E-L. Yeah, okay. I like Oliver ekman Larson. He's been on my fantasy team the last couple of years, so that's cool. <laughs> Quite good with a nice power play goal. Grabner, Michael Grabner, had his fifth goal for Zona, but Fiala continuing his hot run along with uh, Brad Hunt getting uh, Kevin Fiala getting his third goal, and of course Fiala has had a point streak, which is really a nice feeling. I love what Fiala's been doing, but he's another guy. Six bleeping points. Six bleeping points. How long did it take? You know, I mean, come on, man. Four-game point streak. Jesus criminy. He had one point. One point the whole bleeping season. And that was on October 12th and a 7-4 demolition loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nice home opener for you. Here we go, Wild. Let's go. 7-2-4. And I'm not here to bash the team and beat up the team and badmouth the team. It was a bad game, okay? Can I say that? And I want, I, I, I want the production. I want to see Kevin Fiala do well. I know some of you might be listening that are diehard fans wearing your... Green and green and red shades, and are pissed off at me for maybe getting a little smart aleck like here. But I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'll just. You want me to be positive? Keep it up, Kevin. Keep it up, Kevin Fiala. It's been good. It's been good. Three goals in four games. This is great. So this is a this is an encouraging sign. 
It's just, it's crazy how long it took to get him going, though. I mean, the whole month of October, he had one point. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, so bad. But something happened. I mean, getting scratched is going to do that to you. And he's woken up beautifully since then. And God bless him. Credit, credit to him. Credit to Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala. There, you know what? I'm going to give the Mike Madonna award to Kevin Fiala in that sense. I mean, since the last show, okay, Eric Stahl gets it, but let's say in the last week, week, week and a half, it's been about 10 days, Kevin Fiala, you are the Mike Madonna winner for this episode. And that's great. It, I never got to say that last year because uh, Kevin Fiala was so damn quiet and invisible. He was definitely one of the uh, James Shepard Memorial candidates before that because it's just not only was he not scoring, but he's just invisible. He's skittish. He's... His defense isn't good. He's turning the puck over. I mean, the forward defense has been yucky pretty much the whole season. The general defensemen have been okay, but you have some crappy turnovers here and there by the Brodines and the Dumbas. As that pairing has not done so well this year. We got Spurgeon and Suter playing together again, and it's, I don't know, I think you got to go back to Spurgeon and Diane Brodine and then Dumbas Suter. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it should just they should just keep things the way they were there. The Minnesota Wild were at their best, and you know, I mean, seriously though, like seriously, it's, you know, is, is, is this Ryan Suter dictating how things go again or is this just Bruce Boudreaux's decision making? I can't imagine Bill Guerin expecting that. I don't know. It's bugging me. It's really bugging me, man. I mean, Ryan Suter, I hope you're not the one doing this. I really hope not. Because if you are, you son of a, you know, unless this is our three-dimensional chess way of tanking and trying to get a higher draft pick, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like Suter and Spurgeon suck. That's not the point. It's The the point is Brodine and Dumba is not a good combination. And Spurgeon and Brodine were pretty good together. And Dumba and Suter were pretty damn prolific, especially Dumba. And it, it wasn't hurting Suter at all. His points were high, too. And his plus-minus is, like, sky-high when those two guys played together. So... Like, what's the point, man? What's the point of this? So, I don't know. I, if 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 this has anything to do with Ryan Suter dictating things like he had been in the past, which he absolutely was, and anybody wants to argue that, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I, I really do. Um, oh, if it has anything to do with that, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's got to stop. Oh, my God. It's got to stop. I mean, something's got to be done about that. Enough is enough. Um like seeing Fiala on the power play unit. He's been with the power play unit with Stahl and Zuccarello, and that's been working out. Hunt, of course, on the top power play unit. Gotta love that. It's been cool. It's been cool to see Dumba and uh, Hunt on the top power play unit. It's been nice. Then you get the old guys, basically, on the second power play unit, with the exception of uh, Spurgeon and Zucker. They're not too old, but Suter, Koivu, and Parisi. Oof. God bless those guys. They're integral pieces to the history of the Minnesota Wild, but I don't know. They're not integral pieces to the future of the Wild. That's for sure. No disrespect, man, honestly. Uh, James Shepard Memorial, since the last episode, uh, you know, the whole damn team. No, it's not like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't really want to say Dubnik either, even though he's not been that great. He certainly hasn't. I don't know. I mean, just kind of generally speaking, I mean, Steelers been so invisible and it's depressing. Parisi's struggled. It's just kind of a, a number of things. Donato had been so invisible, and I don't want to beat him up because he finally got his first goal of the season versus the Sharks. But in a lot of ways, I guess it's him. I mean, it's him, but with the with a silver lining and some a spoonful of sugar, we'll say, I guess. 
Brodeen's not been good either. He's not been productive, and he's had some mistakes. He's had some okay moments. Eck has been actually very good, just not very prolific in scoring, and I guess that's never going to happen. So we'll just kind of leave it as is, I suppose. With that said, we'll take a quick break and look towards the future for the Minnesota Wild, and of course, look around the NHL a little bit before that. here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we'll look around the league a teeny bit, see how teams are doing, and the Wild schedule a little bit, and then, of course, jump into the prospects as the Wild continue to search for that prolific score, which, uh, interestingly, in that article as well, Chuck Fletcher talking about how he never, well, that was one of his shortcomings, he never found that prolific score, but maybe he did, it's just the time didn't come <laughs> where that player came to the United States yet. Maybe he did in the fifth round of the draft a few years back there in 20... 20- in 2015, pardon me, Kirill Kaprizov, 135th overall there. Boston Bruins, the defending Eastern Conference champs, leading their division again with Toronto. Montreal hanging in there with Florida and Buffalo, trying to hang into the wild card. Tampa Bay has been making a little bit of a comeback late, but they would actually be out, believe it or not, at this moment. Though I don't see that, I don't see things ending that way. New York Islanders, second place in the Metropolitan Division, five points behind the Washington Capitals, who have the best record in the NHL right now. Only two losses. I'm not ready to see the Capitals win another Stanley Cup. Nah. I know people out there like them. I don't want them to win. Uh, New Jersey continues to struggle a bit after a couple of number one picks, but the next year or two, as long as they're not the Oilers and they struggle forever. Things will get moving in a positive direction for New Jersey, possibly as soon as next year. Carolina looking to sneak in with the wild card again, just like last season, and see what happens. Best team in the West is the St. Louis Blues, but only one point ahead of the Edmonton Oilers, who are finally living up to the hype. A little team claims second place, only three points behind. They're catching up. Easily swapped goalies, Cam Talbot from Edmonton to Calgary, and Mike Smith from Calgary to Edmonton. Mike Smith's been doing very well for Edmonton, along with uh, Koskinen. They've been kind of forming a bit of a platoon there. And thus far, David Riddick has been very solid for Calgary. Not spectacular, but he's but he's been very solid. So maybe Calgary's got their goalie of the future, at least for the for the short-term future, and see what happens if there's a uh, the, the better prospect coming up in the next couple of years. I like what the Flames do at times, but eh, they struggle. At least their point differential, they're a plus one. Minnesota's minus 14, which isn't that bad. Uh, nobody's way crazy right now, but Vancouver's a plus 11, which is a big surprise, which is best in their division. Uh, best in our division, not surprising, the Colorado Avalanche. So they're probably the best team in our division, but St. Louis rolling. And, of course, Washington's the best in the league with a plus 18, which, again, isn't that crazy yet. But uh, as the season progresses, we'll see how much of a gap forms there. And how much better Washington Capitals continue to rise. But uh, Vegas right now would be tied, maybe missing the playoffs. They're kind of tied with Vancouver. We'll see what's going on with the Vancouver Canucks in the next few weeks here. I'm not that convinced Vancouver's ready for any type of a uh, playoff appearance and get things rolling again. Minnesota Wild, after t- tonight, the Los Angeles Kings, I do expect the Wild to win that game because the Kings are the worst team. And we'll, we'll see if Jonathan Quick's in that. Should be a nice win for Minnesota, hopefully. So another four-goal game. Hopefully Kevin Fiala keeps the point streak rolling. Three out of four games 
with a goal, three goals in four games. That's great. So I hope Kevin Fiala keeps it going. I mean, I want him to succeed because if he does, then he's a big piece. I don't think he's a centerpiece, but he's a piece. He's a piece right there for Minnesota to help out with uh, Kirill Kaprizov in the in the next season, hopefully and beyond. And whoo, Kovanov, I can't wait to talk about that guy <sighs> coming up here. But uh, yeah, we're playing these West Coast teams, Los Angeles, and then we host Arizona on the 14th, host the Carolina Hurricanes. On Saturday, which has been a tough matchup forever. Buffalo's been just a thorn in our side. They're tough. They're not even that great, but they're just a, a pain in the butt for the wild. They always find a way to beat us. We visit Buffalo next Tuesday. So week from today, Colorado hosts the Colorado Avalanche on the 21st. Head to Boston as we get another ton of road games again. Yuck. So kind of a home away, home away, which is kind of mean almost. As I try not to cough to death here, pardon me. Whew. Uh, Colorado Avalanche on the 21st. Head to Boston on the 23rd, which is uh, next Saturday. Then head to New York. So we're hanging out on the East Coast for three games in four days. Ouch. So Boston, Sunday's off. New York on Monday. New Jersey on Tuesday. Not too much travel there, but still. It's still you're on the road and back-to-back -back games and all that such. At least you're fairly close, I guess. Then a couple of days off, you get the day before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving itself, which is really late this year. And then Black Friday afternoon, the Wild host the Ottawa Senators, which reeks of trap game. But no excuse. Don't don't lose that game, okay? Don't lose the game to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, stop losing these stupid matinee games to crappy teams. But uh, So that's kind of the month of November. By then, we'll be getting caught up with this show very likely, and we'll be talking about the Ottawa Senators playing the Ottawa Senators on Thanksgiving Day, which has been a tradition of mine. Brave the Wild gets rolling on Thanksgiving Day. That'll be fun. Maybe even before that, though, we'll get into regular recording. We'll see. Though I kind of doubt it with the way the weather's been rolling. That's why I'm able to record today. Not because it's raining, because it's too cold. It's just, it's too cold. It's like 8 degrees. I'm not, I don't know, 8 degrees and a little breezy. I don't know. Could be worse, I guess, but uh, I don't I'm good about working in the cold, but this is like another level. So I've worked in cold forever, but this is uh, another level. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to damage the machines. So let's look at the prospects and such. Unfortunately, some guys stuck in the ECHL and all that that I thought had a little bit better future. But for the moment, let's look at the a AHL team, the Iowa Wild. If humanly possible. Okay, so you got Gerald Mayhew leading the club in scoring in only 10 games, 12 points, 8 goals, 8 goals. Gabriel Dumont is a bit of a veteran from Canada there. De, de Gullies Pocois. <laughs> French Gabriel Dumont. Yeah, you can imagine that one. He was called up by Minnesota for a short time. He's a, He's been solid, 10 points. He's been good. Iowa's been solid the past uh, few games here. Again, uh... Louis Belpedio had been quiet for a while, off to a hot start, slowed down for a long time. Now he's got 7 points in 14 games, so he's on pace for about 40 points. Not bad, eh? Not bad in like an 80-game season. Uh, Nico Sturm had a multi-point game the other day after he had a, another quick start, but uh, got slow for a while. Brandon DeHeim had, was stuck at 3 points forever. Again, the Parkland, Florida native, out of the... Uh, <laughs> From the uh, Providence Friars, his first professional season here with Iowa, four points. Again, finally got his second goal of the season. Took four hours. Brennan Manel's just been unbelievable. Brennan Manel, pardon me, had a multi-assist game every night, almost every other night. He's got like two or three assists. The guy's just unbelievable. I hope he makes the wild very soon. He's a plus six, 11 points. He had a slow start and then just took off. And Sam Annas has been fantastic this year. 
as well. Eight assists to go along with his three goals. He's second on the team in scoring, only one point behind Gerald Mayhew, who's, uh, again, a superstar in the AHL right now. I'd like to see him get another crack at the NHL because he's the kind of guy he translates to the NHL. He does. A lot of these guys, they have their 90-point season in the AHL, and then they score like one point in 13 games in the NHL. You know, there's been guys like that all over the place. I mean, Brian Bonin, the former Gopher star, who was a Hobie Baker candidate, couldn't do jack in the NHL, and it was such a shame, and he was a stud in the AHL. It was so disappointing. I felt bad because I loved Brian Bonin. I loved Brian Bonin but just couldn't get going in the NHL. Gerald Mayhew translates to the NHL, and he deserves a long-term crack at the National Hockey League. It's unfortunate he's a little on the short side, but he is the kind of guy who can play in the bottom six role. Sam Onis is a guy that needs to be in the top six. That's the difference. And, well, if you want to get things sparked, to get things moving a little bit, I think Sam Onis should have a shot at being on the second power play unit and playing on the second line for Minnesota. Why the hell not? I think Sam Onis and Gerald Mayhew should probably be in the NHL at some point. Soon. And, of course, if any right-shot defenseman gets hurt, Brennan Mantle needs to be called up. Or, of course, Louis Belpedier. That's the other thing. you got two guys that I think, well, very soon should be National Hockey League defensemen. <sighs> it's kind of full of the right shot, though, right now. That's the problem. I mean, you got Dumba, who's, you know, obviously excellent, and he's signed long-term. you got uh, Spurgeon, who's signed for seven years, and he's probably the best defenseman, maybe the best player on the Wild. And your other right-shot defenseman, Brad Hunt, who's playing out of position, and what's-his-face, so the Greg Pattern has been out the whole season so far, and not a whole lot of people want him back. I, I just, I don't know, and you can't really trade him. I don't know, I mean, maybe you can, but I mean, what would you get? I don't know if anybody really wants to pay that guy what he's making, over $2 million. He's not that good. Uh, he's really not. Uh, no offense to him. He's just a solid defenseman that doesn't do anything else. Um, but in your bottom pairing, that's the thing. I mean, do you really not want another smaller kind of offensive-minded player. I don't know. I mean, I think Bill Pedio is more likely to be a third-pairing guy. I mean, Mendel's got to be, like, at least a third, four, second-pairing defenseman, right? He does, because he's, he's a scorer. He needs to be on a power play unit. I, I, I think if Brad Hunt got hurt, let's just say, if Brad Hunt got hurt or traded, Brennan Mendel should be called up and should, be, should take uh, Brad Hunt's role, because he would be fantastic in the power play. Fantastic in the power play unit. I, I, I think he's got the ability. I do. He's a power play defenseman, and, well, he's a small guy, just like Brad Hunt. I hope Brad Hunt doesn't get hurt. I love him. I wish him all the best. I think he deserves uh, more commitment from uh, an, an NHL team, if it's Minnesota or somebody else. Uh, but again, uh, Bel- Belpedio is kind of more of that intangible defenseman. He's probably closer to being a Spurgeon type, where he's kind of like in the middle. He's not a necessarily power play guy. But he'll he'll get you some some points, you know. Obviously, Spurgeon's a guy who can get about forty, and I think Dupuis a guy who can get about forty. Where Mental, who knows, you know, Mental might be a fifty sixty guy with that power play ability. He just might be that guy, and I hope that's what's happening. A beautiful story. Woodbury, Minnesota, came from uh, was it St. Thomas? What a beautiful story. He has been just a free agent signing for Minnesota. Great move by Chuck Fletcher. Great move. Uh, great great free agent signing there out of the Minnesota High School here, Minneapolis High School. Fantastic. Uh, love what love what he's done so far. Cody McLeod, the former uh, Colorado Avalanche, you know, beast out there, you could say. He's, <laughs> he's got his first goal for the AHL's Wild. The two goalies have been unbelievable. Uh, Matt Robson is consistent. He's fantastic. Got his first shutout after he's just been solid, rock solid. Unfortunately, snake bit with a couple of unlucky, like, ties and uh, overtime losses. That's been extremely frustrating. For a Matt Robinson, uh, Robson, 1.78 goals against average. That guy is an NHL goalie. 
Matt Robson is an NHL goalie if it's a backup or a starter. I think he's I think he's got it. I think he's got the mentality. He's calm. He's he's solid. Uh, again, Cabo Kakinen, he, he, he to me is kind of like a Manny Fernandez in terms of when he's hot, he's hot, and when he's not, he's not. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, Cabo Kakinen has been fortunate with some really good games. He's got a 6-2 and two record, 2.48 goals against average. But all the intangible statistics favor Robson big time. And, of course, between the years, favor Robson. And I love Kapokakinen. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's got starting goalie potential in the National Hockey League. But I think Rab- Matt Robson's ready to go. I, I think he's ready to go. And if the Minnesota Wild trade Devin Dubnik at some point, which I think is a smart move. I think you could get something for Devin Dubnik. I think so. Uh, especially as the season progresses. Teams like Toronto, teams like whoever. I'm just throwing out teams, you know, like, you never know, like, goalies might get hurt, or certain goalies are struggling and you need help, and you want to try to give Devin Dubnik another crack, whatever it is, and there it is. Uh, give Devin Dubnik a crack at a different, uh, on a different roster, he may be significantly better with the change of scenery, and Matt Robson can platoon at the very least with Alex Stalock, and who knows, maybe he's a full-time starter going into next season for the Minnesota Wild, and I think Matt Robson is a starting goalie in the NHL. I, I'm that I, I'm really impressed with Matt Robson with the way he's adjusted to the pro game so quickly. Uh, he has the it factor, in my humble opinion. Uh, Connor DeWare, again, nice, interesting pick, was fantastic for the Everett Silver Tips the past few years in the WHL. Has not really gotten a whole lot of crack in the AHL level yet, only four games. Dmitry Sokolov has been sent down to the ECHL and back up, and he's only seen two games. Not with injury in the AHL, he's been scratched. He's either been in the ECHL or scratched thus far. Not uh, considered no longer a prospect from uh, Michael Russo, again, of The Athletic. Uh, basically said that ship has sailed when it comes to him being a prospect, and I tend to agree, unfortunately, because it's just the writing's on the wall. Um, William Bitten has been fantastic as well. Generally speaking, he's not super productive, but he's been a nice find and a good trade for uh, uh, Gustav Olofsson. Oh, even though the goose has finally stepped up a tiny bit, he finally played a little bit. My God, the guy missed almost the whole year last year. Huge disappointment uh, with injuries of the shoulders and such with him. But William Bitten has been a nice addition to Minnesota, still only 21 years of age. Um, I like his potential long-term to be a bottom six, you know, well, basically a third or fourth line center for the Minnesota Wilds someday. He's got the potential. He's got a bit of that NHL ability long-term. He's a good, damn good skater, so they say, and uh, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So looking at the AHL a bit there, very intriguing. Let's look at some of the college prospects, eh? Uh, there's some unbelievable positivity going on right now, but in uh, in in the AHL, oh, there there is hope. There's hope. I mean, you're, I don't want to hear one thing like, we don't have any good goalie prospects. Of course we do. Of course we do. Uh, but now we head into juniors and all that. Uh, Philip Johansson has not played a single game thus far. That or the numbers aren't showing up in hockey database. That's frustrating. Jack McBain off to a little better start than last year. He was super slow out of the gate last season. He's got six points in nine games for Boston College. Definitely on pace for a significantly better season. Uh, only 13 points last year in the 35 games he played. Left shot center. He's been a bit more of a factor, and Boston College is a better team than last year, too. They really fell off the map last season. Huge disappointment. Let's look at Kovanov. Oh, my. Oh, my. We'll come back to college here in a couple seconds. Oh, Kovanov. Whew. Almost two points a game for the Montcon Wildcats in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. is the final year of his contract with this club, the QMJHL. Montcon's, Montcon's Wildcats. Uh, 
Oh my goodness, they've been he has been unbelievable. Uh, again, thirty four points in sixteen games. He's on pace for well over a hundred points down there. Uh, looking like one of those guys that's going to adjust to the NHL and become a really good player one day. And boy, do the Wild need somebody like this. Oh, 14 goals. 14 goals in 16 games as a center. 20 assists. Plus 20. Way, way, way beyond last year. And he had a point a game in the postseason for the Wildcats last year in 10 games. Uh, he's p- p- a pretty good team. And obviously, if they were able to get to 10 games and 12 games the year before that but um, in the postseason. But he has taken steps up every year. And I am really looking forward to Kovanov. Again, we can rip Paul Fenton all we want. He had some awful, awful moves. The attitude was even worse, but I, I think a lot of his draft picks have been pretty freaking good. And even Jack McBain, I mean, you don't sleep on him. Philip Johansson, I have no idea. It doesn't look so hot so far. But McBain's got a chance to be a big, physical, solid defenseman in the NHL. A defenseman center, pardon me. Maybe a third-line guy, fourth line, whatever it is. Uh, he's got a shot. out might be your top center. He's just beautiful. Got the skill. Connor Dewar, we'll see. Looked really good in the WHL for Everett Silvertips, but we'll see what happens beyond that. Simon Johansson's been okay. Giroux's been good. Boudreaux. And then you get to Sam Henches, who has been the top prospect for Minnesota so far this year, other than Kovanov. I mean, I'd say Kovanov and Henches and uh, Matt Robson, other than, of course, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, okay, Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill Kaprizov is, is number one. We get that. But it's like, you just kind of, that's kind of like a no-brainer. But other than Kirill Kaprizov, the big three have been Kovanov, uh, Matt Robson, and Sam Henches for me. And Sam Henches is just tearing it up. He had a four-point weekend. He's been a multi-point guy almost every weekend here for the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies. And he's the leading scorer for the St. Cloud State Huskies, who are a national power right now. He's had only five points less than last season's total. And he was a really good player for the... He was one of the integral pieces as a freshman, seventh-round pick, by the way, for the St. Cloud State uh Huskies last season. 20 points. He started good, slowed down a little bit, but was still very solid. But 15 points on the season, and he's the leading scorer for the St. Cloud State Huskies. I mean, I, I don't care who you are, that's damn impressive. And I am thrilled about uh, Sam Hench's right now. <sighs> very, very exciting to see where Sam Hench's uh, direction is going. Oh my, uh, something's acting up here. I'm not sure what to say. I'm going to bounce around here a bit. Matt Boldy so far again. Not much going on. Nine games. He's only got one goal still. He's still kind of struggling there for Boston College. Kind of struggling to kind of get his get in his uh, get in his groove there. These, of course, first round uh, first round pick from this last year. Vladislav first off for the University of Connecticut's been pretty solid. Five points in the eight games he's played for the U of C for UConn. That's good to see him in North America. So you don't have to worry about any of that Russian contract stuff. Hunter Jones solid so far in the fifteen games for. A Petersburg Pete's 2.68 goals against average and a 2-1 record. Save percentage, 91. Not bad, not bad. And again, it's the OHL. You can't get too excited about that one. Uh, Marshall Warren, a offensive defenseman, yet another guy who could be uh, one of those. Uh, and this one's left shot, so he doesn't have to compete with Mendel and, uh, you know, Louis Belpedio and all that such to get ice time. So that's the good part. He might end up overtaking one of the other guys at some point. Maybe if Brogin gets traded or something. Uh, certainly not a big guy, but he, he's productive. He's been productive for his points, particularly in uh, some of these, uh, particularly for the U.S. Hockey League. We'll see what happens. So far, three points in nine games. So literally point uh, a point every three games on average, we'll say. Um, whoop, 
Marcel, excuse me, <laughs> Nestorenko has been really good so far too, but it's the BCHL. We'll see how it goes there. 21 points, 8 goals in 22 games, and he is a, he's, he's even in his plus minus so far, but another center who could be a piece for the Wilds someday. Bryce Misley. I'm going to bring him up because, yeah, he'd struggled a bit for the, uh, Oh, I hit the wrong guy. <laughs> Jacob Golden's catching up. Good for him. Catching up to last year's pace already. Bryce Misley. Yep, he was with the University of Vermont already in his junior year. And boy, oh boy, he has just been single digits every year. And that sucks. Uh, again, University of Vermont has not been good. Calgary, Alberta is where Bryce Misley's from. He's a center. And mm, oh, single digits. Had five assists as a freshman. And that's it. Two goals, two assists last year in 32 games. Only one goal this year, but he's halfway to his total. He's just one away from his total last year. Boy, oh, oh, I don't know. I feel bad for him, and it's not a good school. They they were good years ago. They have struggled mightily, though. About 10 years ago, they made the NCAA tournament, and since then, they've been invisible. Ivan Lanya was encouraged, uh, was uh, sent away from a the AHL's Iowa Wild to go, quote-unquote, dominate the OHL. And, yeah, he's over a point a game now, which is good. He's kind of been at that pace the last couple of years, but he'd been closer to a point a game. He's at a higher pace. I wouldn't say he's dominating, but seven goals in nine games isn't bad either. Ivan Lodnia, again, one of, another one of those. It was one of those years where the, where, uh, uh, the Minnesota Wild drafted a lot of small, skilled guys. And some of them have worked out, some of them haven't. That Lodnia, Shaw, Shaw with three ACLs so far. Yikes, hopefully that's it with the ACLs. Uh, Nick Swainy, slow start, but he's picked it up now. Uh, seven points in eight games, very solid. Five assists so far for the back-to-back -back defending national champion University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. Another guy who's a right winger shoots left, so he's kind of like a Zuccarello, I guess. And kind of similar in size to a smaller guy. <laughs> Zuccarello's a small guy, obviously. Seventh round pick, so... Potentially really good back-to-back seventh-round picks with Sweeney and Henches. Henches especially, though. We'll see what happens. He's a left shot, left wing. is Henches. Lindbergh, we'll see what happens. He's with UMass Amherst. Not UMass Lowell. I've got getting those two mixed up. But Amherst, uh, he's been very solid. Two goals a game, 3-1 and one record. He was 11-4 and four last year. Phil Lindbergh might be a, one of those surprising draft picks uh, in the late rounds again, hopefully. But Henches has just been beautiful. Sweeney's been very clutch in his days with the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, and being around that kind of culture can only help you. The two solid defensemen who were, you know, with Michigan and Minnesota the past several years here, they both went to their senior year, they're stuck in the ECHL. Nick Boca from Michigan, Michigan uh, Wolverines, of course, is in the ECHL's Allen Americans, which is, again, Minnesota Wilds affiliate. He's got three points, so at least he's doing something, and he's a plus four. He, he's ahead of... Uh, Jack Sadik was just not doing a whole lot of anything, and that's too bad. Jack Sadik, the former Gopher, who was probably the best defenseman on the roster last year. He actually played for the Allen Americans in a couple games last year. Finally got his first assist in the last game here. Ten games, one assist for Jack Sadik, but he is a plus five, so he's at least providing that solid defense for the Lakeville native uh, Jack Sadik, a right-shot defenseman. Nick Boca, also right-shot defenseman. Boca was a guy who wasn't scoring at all in college. Sadik was actually getting a few points in college. Decent season in his senior year with 18 points in 38 games. That's actually solid. You know, that's a 40-point guy if it was an NHL season. Boca has been single digits every year, and he's got four points already for Allen. So that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I guess Boca got to 10 assists as a freshman, and since then been pretty quiet. <laughs> Boca scoring a couple goals, a couple of assists a year, leading to single-digit numbers. Nothing impressive 
in that category. Uh, but that's kind of the prospects right now. Prospects you'd consider important, obviously. All the whole draft last year is kind of exciting, except for Philip Johansson, the first-round pick. McBain has been better. Kovanov's been fantastic. DeWare's, unfortunately, not gotten a whole lot of a crack in the a- in the AHL. He's super-duper young, so give him time, of course. You go from Everett to the AHL, it's kind of crazy. You almost should have him. But it's like, ECHL is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like uh, NHL prospects purgatory. How many guys go from the ECHL to the NHL? It's it's a it's a long road. It really is. So I feel bad for the guys that are there at this time. Though who knows? I mean, you don't want to hate the ECHL too much, of course. I mean, you don't you don't want to hate on them. Occasionally, I mean, it's a it's just going down to Double A, I guess. Though baseball, everybody goes to every level in baseball and hockey. I, I don't know. It's a shame to go from college to ECHL. It's going to be a uphill climb for Boca and Sadik and some of the others down there. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. I don't think I don't think Sam Henches or Nick Sweeney will be in the ECHL. I would hope not. We'll see what happens with that. Bryce Misley's got ECHL written all over him, though. Oh, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. Oh, I hope for his sake. Oh man, I hope for his sake uh, things can, can he can come around a little bit. He was very productive for the uh, Oldfield Blades, the <laughs> Ontario Junior Hockey League, but. Yeah, you don't really hear much about the Ontario Junior Hockey League a whole lot. So, with that said, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, there is no phone line anymore. We're going to we're going to put that to rest now. We're going to keep that to an audio submission route. Of course, there's the uh, Twitter account at Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. I want to thank Vince Germano who's retweeted this show in the past. Thank him so much. Thank you very much for Vince Germano for retweeting the show. I believe he did most recently. Uh, at Brave the Wild, and then there's facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. Do join the Facebook page for the Brave the Wild show, and of course, MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects, major, major shout out. I'm an admin for that page, and of course, all these prospects that I just went into some detail with, all the way from Bryce Misley up to Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> they talk about every one of them, they talk about the NHL roster as well, the Zuccarillos, the Parisis, and the Bryce Misleys, if you know what I mean. Everybody, Brandon Naheim, yeah, Louis Belpedio, the hot week, and they have prospects of the week. I mean, I love the job these guys do. I'm so proud to be a part of things, even though I kind of mostly keep it going on the show, which I'm sure they appreciate. I had the conversation about the prospects on the show. So, because this is like an audio version of MNW prospects. So I, I can see where my role kind of is coming into place, even though I don't uh, post a whole lot on there, unfortunately. And I wish I, 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 I got to get more time to do that. I got to make more time to do that, which would be nice. But again, the, we can still keep up with the prospects on this show as well, conversating about those players and uh, encouraging you to join that page as well. MNW prospects. Also, major shout out to Minnesota Wild Global. Scott Cavendish is the founder of that page. A lot of people that used to be members of Minnesota Wild Hardcore have moved on to Minnesota Wild Global because Minnesota Wild Hardcore was uh, turned off. It was disbanded, unfortunately, by uh, Jim Mattel. Uh, it just is what it is. There was, you know, we'll just leave that alone. It was a personal reason. He wanted to shut it down and move on. Um, but Minnesota Wild Global has been absolutely beautiful. Uh, Pavel Burnett, Merrick Skyba, Justin Back. Um, can't thank you guys enough for uh, being a part of things. I do believe yeah, there was a new guy who just recently jumped on board. And I just saw him. And I got to <laughs> see if I can find him here. A new guy just jumped on board because, yep, he follows up with the prospects and he wanted to join in as well. And. I believe he joined the page just recently, too, for Brave the Wild and, of course, M&W Prospects. But I'm not finding him at this moment. Mm. 
I have to look that up. Actually, yeah, I know where to find it. It should be in the messages section for the pages, but I'm not sure I can find it right now. It should be in here, but yeah, it should be in here somewhere. Yeah, I'll have to look it up later. I apologize. And I finally found him. It's Maxwell Smith. So apologize. Maxwell Smith just jumping on board as well, becoming a part of the page, keeping up with the prospects and such. I apologize, Max. Max Max Smith there. So <laughs> there he is. I found him. Oh, I was like looking, looking. Oh, there he is. Oh, I'm sorry, Max. So yeah, I'm jumping on board. I'm I just blanking. So many names out there. And of course, just jumping on board and really appreciate it. It's been nice getting to meet him. But uh, the last couple of days, we haven't uh, conversated, been kind of busy. I'm sure he's been busy as well. So that's just kind of how that goes. Again, encouraging you to join those pages, every one of them, Minnesota Wild Global, MNW Prospects. Of course, please follow Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild on Twitter and join the uh, Brave the Wild Facebook page if you could. Links to the pages will be in the uh, show description. With that said, I want to wish all of you a good week or two or whatever as we head into Thanksgiving. Hope that I can get all the lawn work done. I should be able to, but we'll see what happens. Weather is so damn unpredictable. Uh, wishing all of you a good time, and hopefully these prospects keep rolling. And looking forward to a good meeting between Kaprizov and Bill Guerin. Wouldn't that be good? Until then, we'll talk to you soon in the next week or two.